0: We are a community with a beautiful history. I mean that both as Christians and as the UMSA. In the same way that reading the Acts of the Apostles draws me closer to the early Christians and makes me feel like the living continuation of their story, reading UMSA student sermons spanning back to 2005 draws me closer to students I never met but are nonetheless part of a family tree that grows into us and will continue growing after us. They are, to me, our own sacred texts. And when they make up a decade of seemingly disconnected Thursday meditations, there are, as in the Bible, consistent themes. Reading through this body of work, I began to notice one topic in particular that kept showing up. Melanie Olette was an SIS student who is now a pastor, and she wrote about how difficult waiting can be when life hurts now, and that the Holy Spirit is sometimes more confusing than it is comforting. A few weeks before graduating in 2012, Kathleen Kimball marveled at the expansive universe God created while trying to reconcile an ever-present God with the times that our lives feel so void of God. Meredith Hollingsworth, former vice president, pointed out every crack in our broken world from global warming to the oppression of indigenous peoples. And Ian, who's now making his way through seminary, described hope through the lens of Second Temple Judaism and how God's people had to rebuild Jerusalem from the ground up, brick by brick, For years, it seems Thursday nights have been our gathering place away from the ubiquitous message of God's glorious joy, that shining light from heaven that will find you if you just believe hard enough. The feel-good gospel can leave us feeling ashamed, embarrassed, and, well, not so good. There's something special about Thursdays. Kevin Altman reminds us in his 2012 sermon that we enter K in the last hour of night and emerge in the first hour of morning, a journey he poetically referred to as the beginning of always. And in the timeline of always, I have come to believe our Thursday healing services have been most focused on one particular day, Saturday. There is no shortage of discussion on Friday and Sunday, of course. I mean, Good Friday, the tragedy, the sacrifice, the betrayal, and Easter Sunday, the triumph of good over evil, eternal life over death, all is joy and hope and light. But in reading through a decade of student sermons, I find we are always drawn to the Saturday in between. The Bible doesn't have much to say on those 24 hours between the death and resurrection of Jesus. And as a film major, I can say that makes sense. Every scene needs to advance the plot, you see, and while dying and being raised from the dead are both verbs, death itself is just a noun. Nothing really happens on Saturday. Which means we don't really talk about it in mainstream Christian dialogue. We read about Friday, about Jesus suffering on the cross, but the whole time we know how the story ends. So we just skip right to Sunday and miss out on one of the most important days of all time. We miss the entire point of Easter by reading the final chapters of the gospel as people who know how the story ends. I invite you now to feel the final chapters of the gospel as people who don't know how the story ends. Like you're hearing the story of Jesus for the first time. The supposed savior of the nations is hanging on a torture device in such pain, he called out to his own father, why have you forsaken me? The sky goes dark around noon and God shakes the earth in grief. This is Friday. You do not know Sunday is coming yet. Sure, there are rumors, whispers around the people gathered that, Did you hear this man? This Messiah is supposed to rise from the dead. Just you wait. And you really want to believe. But it's hard when you see a dead body with your own eyes. Now we get to Saturday, and he's still dead. If you don't know how the story ends, surely you can see how it would be very, very difficult to believe a resurrection is just around the corner. How many Saturdays have you lived through? Are you living in Saturday right now? Have you ever experienced a Saturday that lasted a month, six months, maybe even a year? Back to the crucifix. The guy standing on guard did not understand Jesus was the Son of God until the curtain was torn, until the pain of God was fully revealed. It was only through the death of Jesus that his glory was realized. The pain of God's loss gave meaning to the joy of God's love. Saturday gives meaning to Easter Sunday. And in Matthew, when God gave, when Jesus gave up his spirit in that final loud cry, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. When I first read this, I thought it was really weird, especially since the Bible doesn't follow up on it. People were literally raised from the dead right there. And there's no commentary on how people reacted to what could have been seen as a zombie apocalypse. When Jesus died, God felt pain. He felt a pain so great, he shook the planet and split rocks in his path. And wouldn't you think that in God's deepest pain, He would have been so heartbroken over the death of his child that he would have resurrected every tomb in the city just to see some sort of life. I could be wrong, of course, as no human can understand the true nature of God, but I have come to believe that this moment was not premeditated. God was driven by her pain in that moment to tear the curtain, shake the earth, and raise the dead. What if you saw all this? What if you saw the man you believed was going to save humanity hanging dead on a cross, much more human than deity, accompanied by the grief of the God you worship? You go to sleep, and you wake up on Saturday. When that thunderous grief subsides, but the triumph of the resurrection hasn't come yet, you exist in this nothingness. Our collection of Thursday stories is in large part an effort to get through Saturday. The UMSA has been asking the question of where is God when it hurts, and how can I believe in God when I don't feel him, and why hasn't God fixed this yet ever since it began? At first I kept getting annoying reading these sermons because they didn't have answers. What's the point in writing about the same experience over and over again if it's not going to get us anywhere? How do we get from Friday to Sunday when sometimes Saturday is so heavy and seemingly eternal that it threatens to drown us? We have this history of UMSA students surviving their Saturdays and turning their battle scars into sermons. They are a living testimony of Sundays that come again and again, of Sundays that cannot be stopped, of an Easter people whose presence is still felt in these very pews. I like to imagine the alumni, a cohort so large it's sometimes referred to as the U.M.S.A. diaspora, standing in Easter Sunday, reaching out their hands, waiting for me to join them. And when I get to Sunday, I will take my place as a living testimony of Sundays that cannot be stopped and Saturdays that can be survived, even though we can't explain how in our sermons. Now, I've never met Kevin Altman, but his words are just as true on this Thursday as they were on his Thursday. Remember tonight, for it is the beginning of always. I remember when I was a freshman, It was only through seeing Associate Chaplain David Finnegan's Hosey eventual Sunday that I was able to begin imagining my own and what it looked like. Someday your Sunday might be what gets a little UMSA freshman in the class of 2035 through their Saturday. And if you are in a Saturday right now, know that Saturday is no stranger to this community, to this family. Add your chapter to a long and endless story of a group of students who call themselves Methodists, but for the most part aren't even Methodists, as they survive every Saturday that is thrown at them. And we will all be in Sunday waiting for you to join us.